0: How clear is this? We are either serving God or serving the world. Which side are you on? Hello and welcome as we continue our look at the book of James. James is in the New Testament. It's written by James, who is the half-brother of Jesus, a child born to Mary and Joseph after Jesus was born, and and then Mary and Joseph came together and had a family. Uh, James was one of those children. He has written this very practical, straightforward book, that just tells us how to live this Christian life, just straight on dealing with various problems in following Christ and trying to live Christ-like in our lives in this world. And so today we're in chapter four. We're gonna look at probably about 12 or 13 verses. We're gonna read those verses, pray, and then talk about them. Thank you again for being here Heavenly Father, our goal, our aim, our desire is to be the people you want us to be. I confess, and I believe we all confess, that we're not there, that we're on a road, but the place we are on the road is not pleasing to you, and it's not pleasing to us because we want to be more like Jesus every day. We know that we're acceptable in your sight through the righteousness of Christ, but we also know that you call us to be holy, to be set apart, to live lives that honor you. Help us, Lord, as we interact with your living word today to see who you've called us to be and the grace you've given us to live out this Christian life, following after Jesus in all things. Amen so i imagine you picked up on the fact that these verses describe a battle that goes on within each of us sort of like the battle that paul talks about in uh, romans chapter 7 where he says hey you know i can't figure this out the good things i want to do i don't do and the hey, those things that I don't want to do, that's the very things that I do. Who will who will deliver me from this body of death? And he says, thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, for there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul was describing a battle within, and certainly these verses we're looking at in chapter 4 uh, touch on that, but I think the bigger picture here in chapter 4 is within the body of Christ, well, let me rephrase that, within the local body, a local church, where there are gathered people who are truly in Christ and people who are just in church, so to speak. They haven't been born again, but they're in the church, and they're follow- the, the two groups are following two different worldviews. One worldview, or one view is the worldview, and we'll talk about that more in just a moment. And the other is the view toward God, trusting in God, people who have been born again by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. And if you're listening and that's never been the reality in your life, then I pray that today would be the day when you would – shift your trust from what you've done or could do or what you haven't done to trusting in the finished work of Jesus, to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. For it is truly with the heart that we believe and are justified just before God, reconciled to God, and with the mouth that we confess and recognize Jesus and are saved. So if that's, if that's something you've never done, then I pray today would be the day of salvation. But if you're in Christ, then you, you know that that he's called us to live lives separate from the world. We can't serve God and money. We can't serve God and the enemy of God. Now, are we gonna fall down? Every one of us, every day, But the course of our life is a course toward God. We're rooted in Christ and and daily God is at work within us, molding us and shaping us to be uh, transformed in the newness of our mind and renewing our mind to Christ's likeness. So imagine a church that has quarrels within it. Imagine a church that doesn't. Sadly, there is no such thing that I know of. But he says, what causes those quarrels and fights among you? Is it not that your passions are at war within you? One group is seeking to serve the world. They're they're at church, and they... they think they're following God, but they've never been born again. Their feet are rooted firmly in the world. It doesn't make them bad people. It just makes them unsaved people. They haven't passed yet from death to life. They don't know what it is to follow Christ. They know about it, but they don't know it experientially. They don't know it personally. It's not real in their lives. He said, you desire and do not have, so you murder and, and murder is a shocking word here, but when we attack one another, uh, as Jesus described in the Sermon on the Mount, it's, it's the same as murder. If you think about it, and that's truly what people think. They want to kill each other over a piece of carpet or the color of the walls or whatever it may be. He said, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You want what you want, and, and so you end up with a battle, and you have churches breaking up. That's not from above. That, that's a worldly spirit in there, and we have to each decide. We need to draw the line and say, who am I serving? Am I following after the Lord Jesus Christ, or am I following after the ways of the world? He said you ask, in other words, you, you pray, but you don't receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. He went to talking earlier about people in this, earlier in this book about people not praying, and now he's saying, you know, some of those who do pray are asking wrongly. He said you adulterous people. What does it mean, adultery? He means that, that to be friends with the world is to commit spiritual adultery toward God. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity or or hatred with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. The world here is the the world below that's at rebellion with God. It's a world that's led by God's enemy, Satan, who seeks only to steal and kill and destroy everything that's good. Uh, He said, do you suppose that it's of no purpose that the Scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? He wants those who are in Christ to live according to the spirit of God in us, the Holy Spirit. In verse 6, he says, but he gives more grace. So God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. It's sort of like the picture in Scripture. I can't think of the exact location where two men go up to the temple to pray. Jesus is is telling this parable. One is a Pharisee, and he stands at the front and says, Oh, God, you're so lucky to have me on your team. I'm glad I'm not like this sinful tax collector standing back there in the back. I do this and I do that. That's a prideful, world centered, not Christ centered way of living. But the the tax collector, the one that acknowledges, he won't even lift up his eyes. His head is bowed, he's beating his breast, and he's saying, Lord have mercy on me a sinner. So God gives gives grace to that man, but he opposes the proud. And so he says then, he said, submit yourselves therefore to God. Give yourselves over to God. If you've never been born again, then be born again and submit to God. If you have been born again, then turn away from the ways of the world and submit yourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We have to actively resist. We have to be dressed in armor. We need to know that we're going out to battle every day. Every day is a battle. Submit to God. Yield to God. Spend time with God. Listen to God. Speak to God. Ask God to to change you. Even if you've been born again, we've got a lifelong change that needs to take place. And then he says, resist the devil. When those thoughts come, take those thoughts captive to Christ. Refuse to engage with that, and he'll flee from you. The devil's not going to spend time on you when you're looking at Jesus. He knows you can't look at him and Jesus at the same time. So he says in verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. In in other words, bow our hearts before God and say, Lord, help me. Billy Graham, I think, said that's the greatest prayer he ever prayed, Lord, help me. So that's what we're praying. We're drawing near to God, and we're saying, God, I can't do this. Lord, I need your help. Help me. He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded in other words, pray to God, confess our sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Be wretched, be wretched and mourn and weep. Uh, in other words, weep over our sin. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, "'Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. "'The poor in the spirit are those who recognize "'their full dependence on God. "'Those who mourn are mourning over their sin. "'He said, "In your joy will turn to gloom. "'Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. "'Humble yourselves, acknowledge that God is God, "'and you are not, that God is holy in every way, "'and you are not. "'You want to be, but you're not there yet.'" Humble ourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. He will lift you up. He will encourage you. He will place your feet on solid ground. He he will be with you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What a beautiful promise from God. We need to decide right now. Where are we? Are we on the side of the world, or are we on the side of God? Are we willing to humble ourselves and submit to God, or are we going to pursue the ways of the world? This is not about whether you have this or you don't have that. It's where is your heart towards God? Uh, it, we're in this world, and it's okay to enjoy this world, but we hold to it loosely, and we recognize this world is not our home. We recognize that the things of this world are temporary, and the things of God are eternal. So we we hold on to the things of God. We take no thought for our life, but instead we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all that we need will be added to us. Amen. God bless you, and thank you for, for listening. Amen.